The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. We're into our seventh year, and um, as I've said on the show many times, uh, the reason I chose the, the whole subject to be water I'm going to spell it, W-A-T-E-R. Please take it serious. Water is your climate. Water is your planet. Water is your life. All over the world, there is a problem going on globally on the planet Earth with water. What made life possible on Earth is the beginning. We have water. Without water, there is no life. We could become the next moon. That is serious. And why should we with all this technology and knowledge? Way back in time, there was not the technology of knowledge that we have now. So countries like Jordan and Iraq and Iran and and Israel and, and the countries of the world that you know that are desert sand, even in our own country, we have Arizona, New Mexico, Mexico, and North America that are turning into more sand. And it's going to happen in California if they don't take the technology of knowledge and protect the water and as the number one endangered species. Now, water is life. It brings life to life. Now, follow me. The earth is water, and its primary focus and organism of life to function is the fresh water. It brought water from the atmosphere to the droplets to bring rain and water. And below the surface of the earth, you have aquifers. And those storage of aquifers underneath that soil must be kept full for any moment of year, time, futures that you need water. You cannot let those aquifers go dry. When there is not enough rain, those aquifers are your backup. It's the storage of water in those aquifers below the soil. Now, I'm going to say this. There's, there's different people who don't believe that we should be reservoiring, putting in reservoirs, water on the surface of the earth. I disagree. I've been studying water for 30 years. Those reservoirs uh, help the aquifers during dry seasons to make sure the aquifers are kept full, but also individuals have the water necessary for economy, number one, for you to have a job, 
Number two for you, even live in your own homes, in your everyday life. But I look at it as a primary other factor. Your body is water. The moment you were born and you entered in that air you breathe, called the delivery room at birth, you left that water to live in the atmosphere's water, the humidity in the atmosphere. That humidity is an organism to keep you alive. No two fingerprints alike, no two eyes alike. Everybody is evaporating because of the air differently. It's called a dehydration effect to your final moment of life, to when you pass away, you die. That's, that's, the, that's the organism of all life. I don't care if it's the blade of grass or to your life. What are the diseases that we're having that are out of control? Dehydration effects. And what needs to be studied in every research lab all over the world is that dehydration effect that is being caused by the air we're living in. We have throughout the world right now 7 trillion, 223 billion, 302 million, 263,000 people living here. What do you think that is? I, sh- I apologize, it wasn't trillion, billion. I'm going to start all over. 7 billion, 223 million, 322, pardon me, 302,263. I apologize to you. There will be a time that will happen, but not today. In the United States of America, we have, as of March 31st, 2014, 321,947,987 people. Now, each of these, every single human being on earth needs water to live or you die. The economy needs water to thrive. Now, I will tell you a new announcement. Last week, there was an announcement. I apologize to my voice. Larry Fink, who's the chairman and CEO of the biggest investment group in the world. Larry Fink, the chairman, CEO, announced that the investment in agriculture and water is the biggest investment. There is no more and better investment that's better than energy. Why is he saying that to the world, to the public stock market and to the world? is because water is at a crisis and will be forever. We need technology. We need new ideas. We need new inventions to protect that water, to keep it in the aquifers, to keep it on the surface, the fresh water, keep the health, our, our atmosphere healthy. We need that. It's, re, it, it's, it's a requirement to live. You need to get a hold of your politicians and say number one priority of your energy, of your, all of your energy of, of your election to be, have one and to, to be able to represent you is to make sure you have number one, the water. Without the water, there's no economy. And by the way, what do you think is going to cause the wars next? It will be, and it's determined, water. Water is going to cause these wars. Jordan, in the Middle East is having trouble with water because of all of the, in, uh, all of the um, immigrants that came into Jordan with the countries that are having a lot of problems. 
and they're overcrowded and the people taking more water than they have. So Jordan is having to think about more ways to get water to desalinize from the ocean to bring water to these all of this new population that they have. It's a crisis. We have a water problems throughout all of the world. And it's causing a water-intensive energy production problem that sucks, it says in one article here, just sucking people dry. We had recently something that a lot of you maybe never heard about. World Water Day was on March 22nd. Why does it matter? It's vital. You need to support every day, every day to be Water Day every day to be encouraging new technology, new inventions for water, for us to live. We need to support water to be studied in the body. Like we recently had the doctor on from University of Washington, Dr. Gerald Pollack, who said they're studying at the University of Washington the internal body's water to understand the functioning of it, and they think they found a fourth type of water in the body that needs to be understood because of the dehydration effects of your body. But remember, your body has to live with the fresh water on the earth that supports and and influences the atmosphere, and the atmosphere is what keeps you alive because of the water in the atmosphere, the humidity, the water vapor. The water on the surface of the earth and the water vapor influence each other And then the cloud system. What do you think is happening with the weather change, the climate change? The cloud system is confused. That's why this show is so important. And I'm starting to now draw out, reach out to ask help from anybody and everybody all over the world for us to to spread the mission, enjoy the message. It'll help our planet be here longer than the moon because the water will keep it alive. And I think it's time that we stop thinking, well, I can do so little. It's just the opposite. You have a vote. You care. Make a difference. And the other one is, is you have the Internet for messaging. The algorithm of water should become a dominant force of everybody getting behind the mission and the statement and the education about protecting our planet and protecting water for all earth to be able to enjoy. And, and what do we all have in common? We're all water. What do we all have in common? We're living on the earth that has the water. We haven't found anywhere else in the whole universe that has the water. Why don't we find that a primary focus? And then everything else come second and third and, and on down. Water should be the primary focus. And Larry Fink, look him up, the chairman of BlackRock, the biggest investment group in the world, is saying there is no better investment than water and agriculture. What does agriculture need? It's water. What is water? It's an agricultural product. It's water. It's agriculture. So therefore, when water is agriculture and water keeps you alive because of the nutritional needs that earth requires, you require, and the agriculture, you cannot have food without water. It won't grow. It's vital. So when we say on our show to save lives, 
we want to save lives, the planet Earth, and your breath of life, the atmosphere. We want to save it. We'd like to slow down those diseases that are caused because of the atmosphere and dehydration. We want more research and technology inventions, and that's why this show. Today, we have an exciting guest. He and I have become good friends, and I've really enjoyed having him on for all these years, is Robert Weir. And Robert is an author, editor, speaker. He's the author of Earth Day, and we will discuss that with him. And we're going to discuss World Water Day because he travels all over the world, and he definitely understands the value of water and what he's been studying with Earth Day. Without the water, there would be no Earth uh, the life on it may become, it would be dust, but let's, let's see what we can do with this show to change that. And I want to thank the when individuals internationally listening. Everybody all over the world is affected by this. Let's start our blogs. Let's start our mission. Well, listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research, which I am the founder of, studies fresh water and the atmosphere. That's our only purpose. We are known throughout the world and published for what we have done as the only product company like it to show you the comparables of supplementing the air. One of the products, Nature's Tears Eye Mist to supplement the surface of your eye. You know the planet needs the water. You need to drink 8 to 10 glasses of water. But did you know the surface of your eye is 99% water? Yes. What is the electrolytic ability for vision, healthy vision, is the water. To slow down that dehydration, there's nature's tears I missed. It's the only product like it in the world to supplement every day. Like you brush your teeth, you eat the proper nutrition, you get the proper sleep. Hopefully you're learning to have a good frame of mind, a better attitude that slows down dehydration. But there's now nature's tears I missed to supplement the surrounding area of your eyes and your skin to be a supplement of humidity to supplement the eyes. We'll listen to our sponsor and I'll be right back with Robert Weir. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Robert, are you with us? Hello, Sharon. Yes, I am. Good afternoon to you. Well, you're on the ground. You've been traveling so much in the last year. Uh, it's nice to have you where I can have you on the show. It is a pleasure to be with you again, Sharon. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. Well, tell us about uh, what you've been doing before we get into. We're going to discuss World Water Day, and we're going to discuss Earth Day coming, and I hope we can have you on again around that time. But back to uh, what, have you, what have you been doing in the last year? Well, in the last, uh, say, few months, I've been to Australia for six weeks where I, I enjoyed the water, uh, the Pacific Ocean and the uh, Southern Ocean very much down there. And uh, then most recently, I was at the United Nations uh, for the uh, International Earth Day experience this past Thursday, March 20, on the Bernal Equinox. And then also in New York City, another part of New York City, the Borough of Queens, where I participated in a second. Uh, Earth Day celebration, uh, uh, most of those hosted by segments of the United Nations. Oh, good. Oh, wonderful. And the year before, you traveled all over the world, too. So you, to have on the show, is you have an enormous wealth of, of relationship with, with your travels, and you understand uh, I, what is happening on the earth and what is happening with the water on the earth and, and the outlook of people because you go in and live in those communities for a, a week at a time or a month at a time. Um, yes, you've seen uh, what is happening. And, and thank gosh we have um, times that we can recognize. And it's like no different than we have a Valentine Day to recognize and stay for a day that we have uh, something that passion of love and hearts to think about. And then we have the President's Day, we have Flag Day, we have religious moments of our faith-based days and so on. But now throughout the world, we have World Water Day and then we have Earth Day. Come, We had Earth Day on March 20th. And I wanted to have you tell us, um, we'll start in with Earth Day first. Uh, on Earth Day on March 20th, Tell us the story about what happened in the United States of America with Earth Day and the confusement. Everybody is confused about Earth Day in America. Which day is it? Tell us about the story. The the more popular and more well-known Earth Day is on April 22. The uh, original Earth Day and the one that I and still hundreds of thousands of people around the world honor is on the spring equinox. The That original Earth Day and the spring equinox was founded by a wonderful man named John McConnell, who uh, passed from this life at age 97 last October. And I had the pleasure of knowing him now for about 10 years before he died, and I wrote his biography, which is uh, titled Peace, Justice, Care of Earth. And... In that regard, Earth Day is a part of the story, but John's stronger theme has to do with that relationship between peace, justice, and the care of Earth. But I'll continue answering your question, Sharon, and hopefully we'll come back to peace, justice, and the care of Earth. In 1968, John McConnell came up with the idea for an Earth Day as a 
global celebration as a day when people around the world would celebrate the beginning of life that is all marked by the first day of spring, which of course is March 20th or March 21 some years. And that's the vernal equinox, the spring equinox. And it's close to Easter time. It's uh, the same day as the, uh, as no ruse, which is the, um, uh, the first day of spring, or the new year, excuse me, the new year in the uh, Middle Eastern world. It's in conjunction with the timing of the Chinese New Year. And of course, Stonehenge uh, uh, is the phenomenon of the sun passing through certain crevices in the, uh, in the monoliths there at Stonehenge are, uh, that's visible on the spring equinox. And so John declared that let's make Earth Day the spring equinox, and he announced that uh, to a conference of about 400 people uh, in San Francisco, and this was a conference hosted by the United Nations in the city of San Francisco, California, and at the same time, a, a, a strong environmental uh, senator from Wisconsin, Senator Gaylord Nelson, was promoting an environmental teach-in, which would be held on April 22. The environmental teach-in was going to be patterned after the anti-Vietnam War teach-ins that were popular on college campuses in the 1960s. And um, in Senator Nelson's campaign was called the environmental teach-in. Well, some of Senator Nelson's staff, including possibly Senator Nelson himself, were at this United Nations conference in, late, in October 1969 when John McConnell announced Earth Day for the spring equinox and said that the first Earth Day would be on the spring equinox in 1970, about six months prior. And some of Senator Nelson's people came to John McConnell and said, we absolutely love that Earth Day name. Would you please join us for the environmental teaching, and can we use your name, the Earth Day name? And John McConnell complimented them on having the teaching on the uh, April 22, which is also the original uh, Arbor Day in the U.S. But John said, no, the Earth Day has to be nature's global holiday, and it does need to be on the spring equinox, which is the first day of spring for most of the people in the world, those of us in the northern hemisphere. And, uh, and that, was, that was John's answer. And about six weeks later, in early December, or excuse me, early January of um, 1970, the Environmental Teaching Incorporated group of people uh, ran full-page ads in the Washington Post and the New York Times that proclaimed Earth Day, April 22. Now, depending on who you speak with, some people are kind and say, well, they made a mistake. Some people say they outright stole the name. The, the environmental teaching people stole the name. So um, there, was a, there was a great deal of confusion, and your question... <laughs> Very Sounds like a Andy. recurrent. What's going on all, all every day in our lives in the past few years? It, they're always going yeah. to change something. <laughs> you right. know, and, and yeah. isn't it sad? Uh, we've, the, you know, to me, tradition is the uh, is uh, is the rock. It's it's the confidence of our youth, 
and our lives on earth to have traditions that are solid. And yes. uh, each person has their own right to, to have their f- traditional celebration of whatever th- that may be. But what is shocking, and, and every time you tell this story, I just think of what, is, what are people doing to... Uh, John started with the United Nations and others around the world, uh, Earth Day. And they wanted it to be a memory of, of the March 20th and uh, the beginning of spring and the beginning of, 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 of the daffodils and the tulips and all the things that happen around the world with their thinking of spring and the equinox. Sure. And then somebody comes along and says, oh, no, no, I don't like the way you want to do it. We're going to do it our way. And, uh, it's, I'm getting, and it's just exhausting for everyone, especially our youth, our children. What is the tradition? Well, I say it's March 20th. And, Thank you. Uh, so, again, uh, what you're doing, John, and I mean, Robert, in the book, um, memorizing John McConnell and what they all were doing, all of the people that uh, you ought to write another book about this, that story that you just said. <laughs> It's time that people started recognizing, especially our children. It should be a book inside of the schools. That, that, uh, that people that have been brought tradition to our world, it, it, it's exciting to have tradition. It's kind of like yes. your family has maybe a tradition. Our, our daily habits of life have a tradition. I was just saying to somebody the other day, and I, and I know this is a small part of this, but... I was saying something to somebody because their mother isn't doing well. And I said, she'll have her come back to her normal habits and her, her schedules that she's had. And, she's, and I said, I have this fish, Robert, and he's a goldfish. I've had him for many years on a table. Every morning that goldfish is looking for me to feed it because I feed it every morning at the same time almost, every morning. All of this is identical. We have that instinct of a tradition. And, uh, yes. but again, um, I think you should write another book, Robert. <laughs> well, for those of people who have not read the first one yet, uh, it's available to you right now. I'd like to mention that you can look for it on my website of robertmweir.com. That's Robert M. Mizen Martin, weir.com, W-E-I-R. Mm-hmm. And it's also available as an e-book uh, through Amazon Kindle. And it's a hard, mm-hmm. hardcover book. Okay. In uh, and Amazon dot. Now, Amazon if they just Kindle type also. in Earth Day, Earth Day, uh, 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 Earth Day, would they find it also? Let's say they forgot your web address. Could they find it if they just typed in Earth Day and uh, Robert Earth Day, something like that? I, I think just the words Earth Day would lead to many websites, including John McConnell's website. It would mm-hmm. be better to uh, type in. Peace, justice, pure of earth, in my name, Weir, W-E-I-R. Or just or was, type in Earth Day, Peace, and Justice, because sometimes pe- people will forget and they didn't write down all that. Okay. So if you think they and, find it, yeah, the algorithm is a fabulous tool. So, uh, the, again, I hope they wrote this all down, and if they didn't and if they forget, they could go to Earth Day, Peace, and Justice, Robert, or have some key words there. That would be good. Robert Weir, Peace, Justice, Care of Earth, if you remember that. Or yeah. my website again, Robert M, as in Martin, W-E-I-R dot com. Okay. Okay. 
Well, now, um, during the Earth Day this year, what did the United Nations do? Well, John McConnell founded a United Nations non-governmental organization, or an NGO, that continues to be active within the United Nations, and they hosted a... uh, an Earth Day celebration at the United Nations in the Rose Garden, the outside part of the United Nations complex, where the peace bell, and the United Nations has a peace bell there in the Rose Garden, and uh, at exactly the moment of equipoise, which was 12.57 p.m. on March 20th, the, uh, the Earth Society Foundation had some youngsters and one older person rings the peace bell three times, which is the tradition of that Earth Day celebration. And then also in that tradition, we maintained a a, a minute of peace, which was Mm -hmm. another of John McConnell's concepts. He said that if everybody in the world would stop and pause just three times a day for only one minute and think about peace, we would have peace on the planet. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a one-minute meditation, and I think he's so right. So we rang the peace bell three times. We paused for one minute of silence. And prior to that, uh, there were speakers, including myself, including some people from the United Nations. Uh, there were uh, two indigenous people, a grandmother and an elder man, who uh, chanted and blessed the time, blessed the ceremony, blessed the location, and, uh, and oh, young musicians, a young violinist group. So it was an hour of celebration. Wonderful, wonderful. It now, did beautiful. any other part of the world do it too? Oh, yes, day? yes. <laughs> That's a great question, Sharon. Yes, part of the ceremony there at the United Nations including one, included one speaker who told of celebrations in countries around the world, and she must have listed the names of three dozen countries, and I'm sure that there were more than that. Those, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that the Earth Day celebration on the spring equinox is celebrated in many, many countries around the world, the majority of them. And, John, I've got to tell you another one. My granddaughter's birthday is on March 20th, and uh, she just turned 18, so they had quite a celebration, all the cousins. Oh, <laughs> Good. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with so us. What, how lucky to be born on the first day of spring and Earth Day. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> so you were all celebrating <laughs> Lindsay's birthday. <laughs> too. Well, tell her that and I, all that the I children wish her were born birthday. on March 20th. <laughs> Good. But anyway, back to life and living. Uh, on to World Water Day. Uh, World Water Day was on March 22nd. Yes. And uh, uh, we brought on uh, uh, the author of the book Water to uh, be on that day. Uh, it was exciting. But water right. is becoming uh, such a, a problem. Uh, with all the technology that we have out there in the world and all of the prizes that have been awarded for all of the inventions and technology we have in the world. Have you ever, did you ever dream in your world's nightmares that maybe you'd wake up and there might not be enough water? Oh, wow. Certainly as a young boy, or even through middle age, um, those thoughts never crossed my mind, Sharon. You know, we, we always had good well water in the rural area where I lived. And But it was, well, maybe a decade or so ago, I remember hearing 
some world official, I think it was somebody from the World Bank, who said that the next wars will be about water. And it is the World scared. Bank. They write a lot about that, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was just very surprised about that statement, but it didn't take me much thought to say, you know, I think that person is right. We've had certainly had wars about oil, but water, I mean, for as precious as oil is for our industrial process and our machinery, our automobiles, water, as you have often said, is necessary for our bodies and everything. Those daffodils and tulips that you mentioned earlier, you know, the spring rains, we have to have our water in order to survive. As you have uh, Robert, we're going to take our uh, one and only break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to discuss what you're just saying. It, it's got to be a message, and we've got to create a mission statement uh, out there, thanks to the Internet. Maybe we can all do it. But we're going to take a moment. Don't you go anywhere, Robert. Uh, I really appreciate all that you're doing for all of us. Uh, we're going to have a message with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. At the surface of your eyes is 99% water. Did you know that your eyes require the thirst quenching as much as you're drinking water and you brush your teeth and you do other things every day? The surface of your eyes needs that supplement to supplement the surrounding area of your eyes and your skin in that area. Very, it's very important. The atmosphere has changed every day also because of the water is changing on the earth. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist, 100% supplemented water. And we'll be right back with Robert. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Robert, Robert, we were talking about the uh, water and the problems of water and the startling, how people will be surprised, uh, like you and I are being we're surprised and and it's, it's it's an alarm button because you can have you, we, if you don't have water, you, uh, the oil and the fuel and and all of the other stuff comes second. And yes. everything takes water. In fact, they even use water in in drilling for oil. And uh, with the nutrition, the food to be able to consume, nutrition to live. But the earth itself is an organism. 
And that soil at the surface of the, or, of the earth is an organism of life. Each grain of soil, each, every bit of that is like the skin of our, li- our bodies. The skin of the earth is that soil. If it doesn't have water, fresh water on the surface of the earth abundantly enough, balanced, then below there, the aquifers to be filled and ready for when it's necessary to have that available, the atmosphere changes. And the atmosphere is water, too. And the organism of life will begin to diminish, and diseases are already out of control. They were just saying that autism is out of control. Cancer, we thought, would be getting in more control, not just put a postage stamp on it to slow the disease down once you get it, but it's out of control. All these new diseases, like Alzheimer's, macular degeneration, going blind, they expect in years to come, blindness to be out of control. And why would that be? And you've been listening to me long enough too, Robert, with my education. It's because the atmosphere is what supplements the eyes until nature's tears eye mist was invented to supplement the eyes with what it requires to keep the ability of the eyes to have the water balance that it needs to have the electrolytic ability for healthy vision. Our, our bodies will begin to deteriorate. And they wonder why people are full of anxiety. What is anxiety in each individual? Because there's no two skins alike, fingerprints alike, no two eyes alike. Anxiety is a dehydration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the water on earth is, is the life of organism to all living anything. I don't care if it's a blade of grass to your life. Every human being is affected. They're talking around the world like Jordan uh, today. Uh, we have an article here where Jordan has got a really a serious problem with because of all of these new uh, immigrants coming into their country because of the problems they're having in wars in other countries. They're coming to the country of Jordan. So they finally yes. decided to start having a desalination of, with the sea, uh, with the Red Sea, the Dead Sea and trying to be able to not run out of water. And you can yes. you imagine how much that's going to cost them? Oh, it, it's, no, I cannot imagine. It, the numbers would be beyond my imagination. It said here the cost of water for Jordan to do this is going to be, in U.S. dollars, dollars 42 cents a cubic meat, meter, and... And it would do approximately 30 to 40 men. I mean, uh, I mean, can you, um, people have no idea that what they've done here, but it can be reversed if they work right now and begin the technology. The yes. focus on technology. Technology is all inventions of, well, I don't care what it is. It was the method of giving birth to a baby without having to do it in the jungle. You know what I mean? Technology yes. is technology. It's getting the, the berry to your home and knowing it's a safe berry. It's getting water to your house, technology that is safe, and maybe buying it to drink in a bottle when you need a bottle of water. And, there's, and so the, what is happening here, people have to decide the mission is what I'm saying. And World Water Day, I don't know if they had the celebrations that you had for World Earth Day. Um, well, uh, I know that the United Nations had at least a forum on uh, 
on World Water Day, and the theme of that was the uh, actually very close to what you're talking about in regard to technology. The theme was the combination of water and uh, energy and how they are interdependent upon each other. And uh, so there was a technology theme to the World Water Day also. Right, because technology, people say, well, Earth is nature. You've got to let the nature flow. Well, Robert, do we let everything flow? It's like giving birth to the baby. Yes, there's once in a while one in, in, in the car before you get there, but would they prefer the technology in the delivery room for a safer delivery and a healthy delivery? Uh, getting the groceries to the grocery store is technology. Getting the water through the tap is technology. Everything in life is a technology. It should be a technology, Robert, because if it isn't, we're not going to have a healthy life to live on the planet, and we're not going to be able to protect the livelihood of organisms to live on this planet, like water. And water is a, a species. It brings life to Earth. Yes. Uh, I just finished. Now, uh, what is your feeling with... about the word reservoir? I'm curious. Reservoir? Yeah, the word hmm. putting water in a reservoir to protect the water. Well, you know, I think that it, it's a good idea because, and I think I'm looking at our human body as I answer that question, because our body is a reservoir of water. Good thinking. We have a, Good thinking. We have a certain uh, percentage of water. Our, our body mass is made up of a certain percentage of water. And, of course, we don't use it all at one time so that it's gone. So our body must be this reservoir of water. In fact, I, I, editing books is another uh, part of my profession. So I just finished editing a book by a holistic physician's assistant. And one of the points that he made in his book is that daily we must refill the reservoir of our body by drinking 60 to 100 ounces of water each day. So. Right. Yeah, it makes um, the concept it's of vital to fight disease makes sense, and to fight to to battle the possibility of symptoms of a disease or an allergy or a cold or a virus or right. just living longer, being healthy, and reduce the stress on your mind. Uh, what is anxiety and stress? It's dehydration. Yes, you're right. He's yeah. right. Yeah, that makes sense. I I know that I think more clearly when I have consumed a larger amount of water each day. And uh, so that's my, my measurement so then stick, back if you will, to the my seat. question on reservoirs. I often wonder why people are so worried about the reservoir filling up with water to prepare for all that is necessary for Earth to exist because the Earth needs that reservoir itself. And it needs to replenish the the aquifers below below Earth, which is another re- reservoir. But the technology of a reservoir on the surface of the Earth is so important because it puts moisture in the air. It protects the water when there are times when you're not getting enough rain. It balances out the flow and temperatures of the fresh waterways, whether it be streams, lakes, or whatever, too, so the temperatures don't get too warm. It also provides a temperature guide, barometer guide, for the oceans not to get too warm. So you see where I'm coming from with my research. 
Well, that I, reservoir I do, is vital to the future of our whole existence. And when you talk about the oceans, I translate well, my experience about being a, a resident of Michigan, and I'm standing in the state of Michigan right now, which of course is made up of two peninsulas uh, that are almost completely surrounded by the Great Lakes, which holds 20% of the world's fresh water. And you know, I know how much those Great Lakes affected the weather patterns, the volume of snow that we receive in the wintertime. That, those reservoirs, nature's reservoirs made by glaciers, are the primary weather uh, factor in the state of Michigan. So, and then yes, below there, it. there's aquifers, so you wouldn't have that lake there. See, yes. The influence of those aquifers below there is why there's that abundant lake there. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, those and then, of course, you have coming from Canada, another influence of Canada, and Canada has an enormous wealth of aquifers to influence their freshwater uh, drainage right. and and flows. Right, and the Great, the great Lakes are a, a water border, between uh, several, I think it's seven uh, United States states and three different provinces in Canada, and so the yeah the uh, the um, aquifers and the streams and rivers that flow directly from the lands into those uh, states uh, or into the Great Lakes very much influence the water level within the Great Lakes. Right, and other states around it and ongoing. It's just a domino. It's like uh, up in, I had on the show the headwater, head of waters over in Florida, because when you're in Florida, have you ever seen those canals that they have? And way yeah. back in time, they decide there was a drainage coming headwaters from uh, north of there. And so what they did is take their wetlands and turn that into those water flows. And a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, those wetlands. Well, no, it keeps, uh, for my research, I have been able to, 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 to analyze and evaluate that those aquifers are kept replenished. Although, if you don't keep a healthy canal and you're not looking at the technology that's vital to all of the canals and those reservoirs, the wetlands will change and those aquifers below there will change. It's all technology. Yes, and I think we also have to combine wisdom with technology so that we don't mess with Mother Nature too much, but work with Mother Nature work to with nef- ne- apply. Yes, you're right. You yes. are right. Right. Now, the other one, and many times I've noticed, uh, they'll say, oh, the fish. Uh, the fish in the old days, uh, we had much more fish. What's happening to all of our fish? Robert, do you remember in the old world, all over the United States of America, all of the fish hatcheries that were in business with, with fish hatcheries, and they would um, breed the fish and then take them to the fresh rivers? Do you remember that? Well, yes, we hardly have any so- more fish hatcheries anymore. I, yes, I think that they are being there reduced. There were fish hatcheries I know. all over this country, supported by the government. Mm-hmm. And, and then people got into private in fish hatcheries. They would, I know here in southern Oregon on the Rogue River, we had the fishing was beyond all imagination. Healthy river, unbelievable fish. But there were fish hatcheries that were breeding fish. They're not doing yes. that anymore. Because of government cutbacks, I presume. 
Well, probably somebody said it's not fair to breed fish. You've got to let them flow from the ocean and do their nature thing. They, now, to me, that is not the nature of the way you'll save the planet Earth to keep it, from keeping it to become Mars and the moon. I think if they had had the technology so far back, or let's say in Iraq where the Garden of Eden, if they'd had technology, do they, would they let all that water diminish? Now, that water is down below that sand there somewhere. We know that. Those oil rigs find water. But the uh, nature of, in fact, Robert, uh, I was reading something about Iraq and the Garden of Eden, and, and then I started reading about what Saddam Hussein did really with the mass destruction of life, as he decided because his, some of his tribes had, had uh, had gone together with one of the other foreign countries that had gone into Iraq to cause a problem, and and they had uh, and Saddam Hussein was very upset that they they joined in with that. So he decided to do this. He bulldozed over all of the fresh streams, all of the water, so they would die slowly. Their pets, their families, their gardens, generations began to die. That was the real. And if you really want to have a weapons of mass destruction, just get rid of. Make sure that people don't have water. Oh, that goes back to ancient times when one of the methods of war, or the technologies of war, if you will, it was to uh, uh, drop a dead animal down the community uh, uh, outside well. Yeah, yeah. to poison the yeah. water supply. Right. You know, Robert, the other thing with water, have you ever, you've known this, and you can explain it to our audience too, have you ever noticed that our high-tech businesses that operate with all of that equipment, with all of that special equipment, needs water to keep it cool down so that they can operate that massive amounts of high-tech equipment? That high-tech equipment will not operate. It'll burn up if there's not enough water to keep it cool down. And I think that's Can you imagine how much water of, that's taking? Oh, yes, and that's especially true of uh, nuclear power plants. Again, there are several of them along the shores of the Great Lakes in Michigan, and I have swum in the waters that are near there. You can feel the warmth uh, coming from those nuclear power plants as the discharge water comes back into the Great Lakes. And, and think about the dams. I mean, in olden times, mills were operated wheat was grown in these stone mills that were operated by water wheels. Everything is water. Everything is water. And it's become even more so because our technology and the more we've wanted things to be able to uh, uh, become advanced to make things even more uh, uh, advanced in our uh, methods of doing things in a a much more uh, quicker way more technology way and and all uh, it takes water with you cannot do anything without it now Larry Fink who's the chairman and CEO of the largest investment group in the world BlackRock and it's a three trillion dollar investment group he said last week in an announcement the best investment and you know and you and I'll discuss this before we're done the best investment in the world today is nothing better will be ongoing for better than energy is going to be agriculture and water they both relate to each other why do you think he said agriculture and water well they go together I mean, I grew up in farm country. My dad sold farm equipment. I know from uh, the, from my youth that 
you know, farmers prayed for rain at the right time when they're, you know, they wanted the fields to be just the right content of moisture in order to germinate the seed after they had planted. And water is, I mean, farmers and Native Americans and the indigenous peoples all over stop and look at the sky. What's the weather going to do so today? The investment is it going to rain? Of, of, of developing the technology inventions of all kinds with water because with water we have a, a healthy agriculture that's our nutrition and of course with water look at all the other domino uh, requirements that water is needed for that high pick equipment for you for everything out there bodies need to re- build their reservoir of water to drink the water they need the proper healthy nutrition the climate the cloud system needs the water so you see why um, Larry Fink said, the best investment is now water. It's got to be water number one. And they're going to make a ton of money at it because of the technology that will be invented. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I, uh, you know, I get to, every time I think about it, too, Robert, um, have you ever been to Singapore? Not yet. Well, I want to go, and, and I want to go, and you know why. They're recycling water. Like you can't, they finally got it to where they don't have to depend upon Malaysia for that pipe of water any longer. Uh, they recycle all of their water. That's another technology of invention that is so exciting to me for everyone to consider, is recycling the water and just keep it moving. Wouldn't that trick the world? <laughs> Let's say, wouldn't that trick the universe? <laughs> In other words, we have that recycling going on. We use what we need, and we keep recycling. Uh, what do you think about recycling? Well, recycling is necessary. I mean, and it's part of nature also. I mean, it is the, part of nature. The, the uh, aquatic cycle, the water cycle, uh, is a recycling process by nature. And what I hear you saying is that this recycling technology is hopefully then improving upon what nature does when it takes water through the uh, the evaporation and precipitation process. There we go. There we go. That's technology of learning how to do that. And then when we start learning more about the technology of our body, our bodies, it's human, it's organisms, but may we reduce some of those diseases that are happening. Um, but we've only got a minute left. Um, what would you like to say to the audience before you go? I really am glad everyone is listening in and paying attention to what Sharon has to say because this information is critical. It's essential to our way of life, to life itself. And then thank you for listening. And again, please, if you will, visit my website of robertmweir.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll have to do this again. And thank you for the mission you've been on, too. Thank you very much, Sharon. You have a nice day, Robert. You're a special friend. Thank you. Bye. You be well. Well, I hope that all of you internationally throughout the world can understand that the water... And you can, everybody can do something. It's not, it's, it's, it's not hopeless. It's, it's there. And it can be done. But it's going to take every single one of us, every single one of you to decide to join the bandwagon with the Power of Water radio talk show and get out there and do something. Come in and listen. Get your friends to listen. It's prime that pump of information. And, and what do we do every day? We get out of bed, we put our feet on the floor, and we begin, a, hopefully, a planning a healthy day for ourselves. And you might make that 
yourself a healthy day. When you're healthy, the world will be healthy. That becomes an environmental uh, vulnerability for healthiness. But you've got to drink your water. You've got to have the proper nutrition. You've got to understand your own rhythm, your own body, your own mechanism, your organism of life, the way you are mechanics of life. You're not a robot, though. You're an organism of life living with the planet and the universe. So enjoy every single minute of that. But you've got to realize that it takes each one of us to be on the platform to, to remind each other every day, don't forget the water for the earth to last forever. We keep saying it. The power of water is our lives. The power of water is everything to do with our investment for life to, to live and be healthy. I want to thank you for listening. I always, I really enjoy this show. I look forward to it every single week. I hope we can start getting more people listening all the time throughout the world and get on to the mission of what the power of water is all about throughout our planet. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a nice day and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.